Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. I am your host, Erica Vieira. Beauty and the Vlog is a number one online community and weekly podcast dedicated to supporting content creators and influencers in beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. We provide insight into the business, branding, SEO, content creation, and more of what it takes to be a successful online influencer. We've got influencer interviews and in-depth discussions to help you achieve your goals and see results online. To get the most out of Beauty and the Vlog, make sure to join the Beauty and the Vlog Facebook group and check out our Beauty and the Vlog website for show notes and more. Also, if you're new, then welcome and please make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single weekly episode. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, beauties. Erica here with another interview for you. And before we dive into our guest for this week, which is Jessica Nazarali, I want to remind you guys that the application to apply to be on the Beauty and the Vlog Mastermind waitlist is located at beautyandthevlog.com forward slash work with me. So right now I am collecting names for when the mastermind is going to be released. It should be released at sometime at the beginning of 2018. So if you're curious about what it is and you want to check it out and apply to be on the waitlist, just go to beautyandthevlog.com forward slash work with me. And on that same note, one of my mastermind students who I'm incredibly proud of is going to be featured on the podcast in the next coming weeks. She has an amazing story. When we met, she had less than a thousand subscribers, YouTube subscribers, and now she has almost 300,000 in just about a year. So her story is awesome and I will be featuring her in the next couple weeks. So make sure that if you're not already that you do subscribe to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast so that you don't miss out on that interview and a bunch of others that I have coming down the line for you guys. All right, so Jessica Nazarali knew from an early age that personal development would be part of her life's work, but it wasn't until she started a passion project, a blog, and health food store in 2011 that Jessica's dream came to fruition. Today, Jessica has managed to successfully combine her business with her desire to help people. Her It Girl Academy and It Girl Radio podcast provide guidance and coaching to women from all different walks of life all over the world. You can find out more about Jessica at www.jessicanazarali.com. Now, Jessica, as I mentioned, already has a podcast, and it's called the It Girl Radio podcast, so definitely go check it out. She has some great interviews there. It's definitely more on the business side of things, which is really important as an influencer, so I wanted to partner up with her and um, have her bring that perspective to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. So she did interview me also. So if you want to check out my interview with Jessica, head over to the Echo Radio podcast and check out her podcast. But without further ado, here's my interview with Jessica. Well, hello, Jess. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm very excited. We're able to make this work out. Jess, so you guys know, she also just had a baby. Her baby's one month older than mine. So it took a little back and forth, you know, with childcare and figuring <laughs> it out. But we, and she's in Australia, right? That's her. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, <laughs> the time difference, but we're going to make this work and, and we're here. And I'm really excited to have uh, Jess on the show and um, talk a little about 
about her, what she does. And then we're also going to focus a lot on mindfulness and meditation and positivity and all that stuff, which I know you guys um, have asked for. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to talk to, to Jess about it. So why don't we get started with you kind of telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do. You have a podcast as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so we get a little bit of background on on you. Yeah, definitely. So I started out online in 2011 when I launched a health and wellness blog. And it was a health and wellness blog that I was sharing, you know, recipes, healthy living tips, kind of positivity. And I really enjoyed it. I didn't know how it would turn into a business, but I guess I was smart enough to realize if you grow an audience, then you have a following to monetize, so to speak. Um, so about 18 months into blogging, people started to reach out to me, uh, like dietitians, health coaches, naturopaths, nutritionists, and they were saying things along the lines of, I want to build a following so I'm able to attract clients. Can you help me to do that? And so I just kind of started, I guess you would call it blog coaching or consulting while I was still working my corporate job. And I was kind of balancing both for about a period of seven months when finally, I think I had my biggest month in my business. It was um, $7,000. And that was like way more than I was making in my job. And I went, what am I doing? Like, I really need to leave. So then I, I quit my job and went full time in my business. And for the first year, I was doing a lot of like one-on-one coaching, one-on-one consulting. And then I got into creating products. So now um, I have a flagship program, which is called Business Mastery. And so that's all around um, business building skills, like how to sign consistent clients for coaches, consultants, service-based entrepreneurs. I also have a coaching certification, which is uh, called Coaching Mastery and uh, uh, Personal Mastery, which is a personal development and mindset-based program. And, uh, along with that, I have my podcast, which is called it girl radio. So yeah, it's been kind of a wild ride and it's funny. I don't know if you've experienced this, Erica, but sometimes like where you start off, you end up in like a completely (laughs) different area and it's like, Oh, I never would have thought I would have a podcast. Never would have thought I would have a coaching certification, but yeah, it, it just kind of happens. One one thing leads to another. And it's just so funny because I think that's like an important lesson too and like listening to your audience in a way or not necessarily you, yeah. your audience, but like yeah. your, say your clients and listening yeah. to them versus you kind of going in with a very strict agenda. Because I yeah, like you said, like I have a mastermind group and I do consulting and it wasn't really something my intention with kind of starting Beauty in the Blog, but it's, you know, it's something that happened and it's actually a really successful part of, uh, the whole community. So, uh, that's, that's totally true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you said that you, um, you had your biggest month, which was $7,000. Were you doing strictly consulting at that time? Or were you also had your online programs as well? Uh, that was strictly consulting. Yeah. So that was like strictly one-on-one consulting. So what led to that month? Was there a special client or a bunch of referrals or what kind of led to that? Um, So I think, so that was my seventh month of doing this, um, I guess doing blog coaching or blog consulting. So it just really built, built up from there. I think the first month I released an offer to my audience, I made $3,000 and that was totally wild. And I was like, oh my gosh, can this actually be a business? Because up until that point, I, um, 
you know, I, I was really excited about what I was doing. Like I loved blogging. I loved the community, but I was just really trying to work out a way that it could be a full-time career. And then, so I re- I had a, a newsletter list of about 2000 people. And so I just sent an offer out to my list, um, sharing that I was starting to do this type of work. Um, and I'd worked with a handful of people already. If they were interested, this was the package and people reached out to me and purchased it. And in the beginning I was offering, I think it was like three coaching sessions for like, uh, three ninety seven or four ninety seven, something like that. And then from that, it just really grew. And so it was, um, you know, referrals the following month. Some people bought another package because I needed to have um, additional work. I then also made, um, I extended the coaching package. So it was three sessions. I then made it um, a two-month package and then a three-month package. So just really listening to what uh, my audience wanted and realizing that they actually needed more time with me to get bigger results. encouraged me to create a, create a larger package. So then I charged more and then that contributed to the $7,000 month. Wow. That's great. And then, so after that, you decided like, why don't I package up everything I'm talking about and create some, some programs that I can sell. So there was a period. So this was, gosh, when was this? This was 2013. Mm -hmm. So then in 2014, that was my first year, like doing this full time. So for a whole year, I just did one-on-one consulting, Mm -hmm. one-on-one coaching. And I think that was really good for me because you're in it with the clients when you're doing one-on-one work, like you're seeing firsthand working, what isn't working. Yes. Um, You learn so much by working one-on-one with people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you learn a ton. And I always tell my clients as well, like, cause you know, I think group programs, like it sounds very sexy, right? It's like leverage your time, you know, (laughs) work while you're on the beach, even though like, that's not really true, but like the whole, (laughs) everyone sees group programs as kind of like the be on, be all and end all. Yeah. Like like courses. Is that what you mean by group programs? Like courses? Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Like group programs, courses, like people are, I find like people are always aiming for that, which is great. Yeah. But number one, A, I think it's so much easier to sign a one-on-one client than a courses or group programs client because they're getting your one-on-one attention. And um, number two, like if you make a mistake in a group program, everyone sees it, right? Like if something doesn't go as planned or you realize, oh my gosh, you know, the module two content really should be module five or, you know, like little things that if it was one-on-one, I mean, you just pivot very quickly because it's one person, mm-hmm. but in front of a big, you know, even if it's not a huge group of people, even in front of five people or 10 people, you still have to, you know, make changes to, and, and think about, you know, the five people, the 10 people in the group. And, so, work, and working one-on-one with people, especially like you did for a whole year. I mean, how many clients did you have like total or at, you know, at any one point? Um, it would have been a lot. I mean, at one stage I had 21 one-on-one clients. Mm, wow. That's a, I mean, and how are you getting, how are you getting all that business? Like you had that email list about 2000 people. Like how did you, yeah. how did you get those people to start with it? And how did you kind of continue getting those clients? Mm. So, blo- so I had built my audience from blogging. Mm. So that is that from the nutrition one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So even though like I kind of, I guess, pivoted into something else, I guess, and a few people have told me this and I found it true to myself as, as well. Even if you pivot, 
I mean, some people will drop off if you change directions completely, mm-hmm. but a lot of people will still follow you because they're interested in you. Yeah. And so that was really my case. And a lot of people who are following me, like they, yes, they were interested in health and wellness, but a lot of them also wanted to have a blog, have a platform, or they had a business, but they needed to become more well-known. And they saw blogging as a great way to do that in 2011 or 2012. So um, that's how I got my initial clients. And then that year when I was doing this full-time, how was I getting clients then? I still wasn't running Facebook ads. So it was just, you know, organic means, um, you know, partnering with people, like doing stuff like we're doing now, like joint webinars, um, you know, guest posting on people's site, going on, um, I don't think podcasts were big back then, but like doing like collaborations with people. Like I would email my list about somebody or about somebody's offer. They would do the same for me. Um, and when you're working one-on-one, you actually don't need that many clients in the grand scheme of things. So over the course of the year, uh, I couldn't even say how many clients I worked with. Like say if on average I had between 10 to 20 clients per month. Um, that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, but it's like it's not in the thousands, right? Yeah. So- but you couldn't, phys- you couldn't physically do that. You know, it would like be such no, a burnout. <laughs> like when you're working one-on-one with people, it's like, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of energy because it's just like, you're just right there. And, you know, I know when, when I've done it, it's like you, you, afterwards you have to take a little break and you're like, okay, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how people can do, you, you just, you don't have that much to give that many people. No, Mm-mm. no. I mean, 21, that, that was like my largest month. And that was the month that really inspired me to start my group program yeah. and start creating courses. Cause I was like, this is not scalable. Yeah, And not. I realized I, you know, I'd created a six figure business just doing one-on-one consulting and coaching, which was great. Yeah. That's amazing. But it's not sustainable. It, no, not sustainable mm-hmm. at all. I was like, oh my God, the thought of having to do this another year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like, I, I quit my corporate job now to like put myself in another box, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, the, I remember I saw a quote, um, this quote's so funny, um, around this time. And I, I've quoted it to a few people over the years since then. And the quote says, um, I stopped working 40 hours for somebody else so I could work 80 hours for myself. myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> so remember, true. I know. I remember I saw that and I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. Cause like, this is literally my life right now. Um, it's so true. I, but you know, I think it's, it's the same for like a lot of people that go out on their own. They just, they work, yeah. they work. It's a more of a, it's more passion driven. So it's easier totally. to work those extra hours. Yeah, exactly. Cause you love what you do, mm-hmm. but, um, it's, that just really inspired me to, I, I just knew that it, that was just like the point where I went, okay, I need to do something differently. And then, that inspired me to create my first course. That's great. You know, I it's I think it's awesome that you did that full year of consulting because like you said, you learned so much by working one-on-one with people and like you've gained and every type of ex- person that you talk to has their own unique experience, like therefore adding to your whole bank of qualifications and, you know, everything that you know about this industry. So I think it's like, it just makes sense that that's the, that's the road that you took. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I recommend it. I think mm-hmm. it's um, a really good, 
uh, learning curve yeah. for anyone who is then looking to transition into courses. So then what, so then you decided to do the courses and how has that been going for you? Good. It's been going really well. I, um, you know, obviously challenges, ups and downs. Um, the first few courses I released, I would say like the first probably year and a half of doing it. I was just, um, don't want to say playing around, but I was, I was trying to work out like, okay, well, what is my brand going to be? Like, what do I want to become known for? Mm -hmm. And I think especially like in the coaching and online courses space, I mean, there's so many courses out there. So your course does really need to stand out and be different. And it's like, okay, well, what do I want to be known for? Mm -hmm. And I came to the conclusion that, you know, there's so much information out there that people aren't really paying for implement, um, information anymore. They're paying for help with implementation and they're paying for like to get results. Like nobody needs to learn anything new. They need to actually implement it and apply it to their life or business. Mm -hmm. So I really looked at like how we were delivering our courses and made sure that there was like a ton of inbuilt support. So while it isn't a one-on-one -on -one program, we have associate coaches, um, which really help with it, like a lot of the tech element, which can be an area that a lot of people get stuck in. Yeah. Um, so we have like full tech support built into the programs. Um, I also, you know, have an associate coach who rings people who, you know, we look at our stats and we look at, okay, Sally wasn't on the last call. She's not opening the emails. Let's give her a call and see how she's doing. Oh, wow. So it's still very much, even though they're courses, it's not like you just, someone orders a course and that's it. It sounds like you're kind of involved with the whole, you know, what happens? Oh, so well, maybe tell me what happens when someone signs up for a course? It sounds like it's more than just the course. So, um, I mean, in coaching mastery, there's group coaching calls and business mm. mastery, um, there's office hours. So within a Facebook group, so there's interaction from me and my associate coaches. Gotcha. And so this is, so my program, like my coaching certification is $5,000 business mastery is $3,000. So it's, it's a, it's an investment. Yeah. So, um, because of that, there's that level of support is included. If it was a standalone, you know, $500 course, take the information and run with it then we wouldn't be giving this extra layer of, layer of support. But um, I knew I wanted to charge premium premium prices. Mm -hmm. So that was another reason why it just made sense to do this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you have like different levels then of, of offerings? I do. I do. So I have, um, I guess at the top, I have a mastermind program, um, which is for people who want to work with me it's, it's group, but it's pretty much one-on-one -on -one because they have access to me over email via Voxer, which is like a voice messaging platform. Um, so that's like my highest level program. And that goes for a year. Um, then I have coaching mastery, which is the coaching certification that goes for six months. Um, then I have my three months business mastery course, which is helping people to sign consistent clients using evergreen marketing. And then I've recently, um, have you heard of doTERRA? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've recently, um, partnered with doTERRA. So basically, um, cause I was finding that, you know, that a $3,000 program, like that is an investment and mm -hmm. not everyone can afford that. And not everyone is suited to become a coach or a service-based entrepreneur or to create courses. 
So um, I've partnered with doTERRA. So if people would like to start a business, but they have low startup costs, like they don't have a lot of money to start a business to begin with, and they want the structure that a network marketing business brings, mm-hmm. then they can join join doTERRA and they join my team. Your team. That. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's great. That's kind of, yeah, the whole range <laughs> of programs that I offer. That's awesome. That's so funny because I just recently got into, not doTERRA, but the Young Living. <laughs> and like oh my gosh. Very recently. Yeah. Just because I love like oils and such oils and I love like natural stuff. So, um, I've kind of, you know, I haven't not really doing it. I just signed up and order the oils, but I know that's, it's the different, those are the two main companies out there that do it. So that's so funny. Um, so that's, so that's awesome. So you, you, did you start off doing this, you know, really high end expensive $3,000, $5,000 courses when you, uh, stop doing the consulting and went towards the, the course model? Um, so my first course I released was $2,000. Mm. Oh, wow. So that, I mean, yeah. they, those are definitely event investments. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I launched, my first one was a $2,000 program and then I launched um, a 5000 uh, not 5000 sorry, a $500 program, mm. um, which to be honest, I found for me, I got the same number of signups for a $500 program than I, that I did for my $2,000 program. Oh, wow. So at this point, where are you finding your customers for these courses? You mentioned Facebook ads before. Are you doing mm-hmm. Facebook ads, any type of advertising? Or what's your main way of getting clients today for those kind of high-end courses? Mm. Yeah, so um, Facebook advertising, um, definitely. But the way we do Facebook advertising is we push people to content first. Mm-hmm. So we don't just say, hey, you know, opt into this, you know, webinar and buy this, you know, when people don't even know me. Yeah. We send, we warm up, um, we warm up audiences first by sending them content. So it could be a podcast interview. It could be a blog post. Um and then, you know, we'll target them into something that they actually opt into. So something like a webinar or a training. Mm. So yeah, Facebook ads is, um, you know, definitely a big part of it, but then also say affiliates, um, mm, like working with, like just partnering up with other people. Exactly. Exactly. And then, um, yeah, I like, I have a big push of content. Like I, I truly believe like content is king and that's mm-hmm. how you stand out and it, positions you as somebody as value as someone who is valuable if they're able to you know listen to a podcast episode which has been really helpful or useful or reading a blog post on a certain topic so there was a couple of years ago because I got so busy with my one-on-one clients the yeah it was 2014 the year I had you know so many one-on-one clients mm-hmm. I wasn't really creating that much content myself yeah um and look, I, I had a great year, you know, revenue wise, and it was my first year working for myself. So I think I was very focused on the numbers because I was, you know, wanting the business to work and not have to go back to full time, a full time job. But I look back now and I think, oh, I probably should have still been consistent with that content because I think, yeah, you know, content is just so important and it's how you, it's how you stand out. So why do you, why do you feel that, that you kind of missed out by, by putting that on pause? Well, I don't know if I missed out, but I just, 
you know, I'm all about consistency and there's just like a year where I probably wrote like two blog posts. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether now, you know, we kind of do a blog post a week, a podcast episode per week. Um, and I think it just compounds over time. So it does, if I- especially out with Google and searches and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's fine. Um, and I, I think as well, like when you're in the early stages of a business, like probably something always has to go. Like there's only so many hours yeah. in a day. Um, but yeah, we've made like since then, since realizing that I've made a, a big effort to, to, to be content first. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it, like you said though, it's, it's hard to do it all. I mean, you have the podcast now, you have uh, the blog you have your coaching sessions. I'm, I'm sorry, your, you know, your, your programs, your group programs. It's a, it's a lot to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I try to block the content. So yeah, I like say if I'm doing podcast interviews, I mean, to be honest, it's harder now because I have a baby. So yeah. it's more just like whenever it can happen, it happens. Yeah. Um, I know that. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> But before, you know, I, there was, I remember there was some days I did like three or four podcast episodes back to back Yeah, and you kind of, you know, you're in the energy of talking to people and it just, you know, it flows. And after, you know, four hours, you're kind of done. Yeah. So yeah, blocking things works really well. And I, I still try to like block my writing as well. So this morning my son was asleep and I'm like, okay, I don't know how long I've got, but I'm (laughs) not looking at absolutely anything else except um, I had to write some emails. Yeah. Oh, I, I know that. Because you don't know. You don't know how they're, long they're going to be asleep <laughs> for. So you're just like, okay, I'm just going to do it. You know, it, it yeah. almost, it forces, it's crazy when you, when you have kids or babies, it, it forces you to really utilize that time that you have that's free. You know, that nap time, yeah. that, that hour or something. You really can't waste it doing anything no. else. You have to sit down and be very focused, which actually for me works well because I, I have a tendency to just kind of be all over the place sometimes. Yes. And, and yeah. so it's like, <laughs> okay, I, I, I only have this like possibly an hour. You don't even know because you don't know how they're no. gonna, long they're going to sleep. So... Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I joked, um, I shared on a podcast episode probably about a month ago. I said I probably should have had a baby ages ago because it has made me so much more focused mm-hmm. and productive. Yes. I and think goal I, I driven. Have, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I think I must have wasted so much time. Yes. Before. <laughs> I'm like, and for those of you listening that don't have kids yet and like, or maybe you don't have them, you don't want them. Just, just know that like, if you do decide to have kids, like take advantage now of the time that you have, because it's it's crazy how much you realize, like, like you said, like how much time I must have wasted and how much free time I had. And yeah. now I'm like, okay, I've got like this hour and a half today. And that's, I have to do the laundry. I have to do stuff for the podcast. I have to do also like, you know, this and that in that time period. So you got to make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I do find like time expands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, like I can fit so much more in an hour than I, I feel like I used to be able to do before. Yeah. Cause I think, cause you know, if you're you are focused. focused, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's what I mean by time expands. So it's like, Oh, I've only got an hour, but if you're really focused, that hour can feel like two or three. Yes. And you can really get it done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have to be very deliberate in every, everything that you're doing. So back to um, kind of like doing the Facebook ads and all that, what percentage of your client base is from like paid advertising like Facebook? 
Um, mm, that's a good question. I would say probably 50%. Okay. Yeah. So quite, quite a bit. And then the rest would be like affiliates and organic. And how are you finding like those affiliates? I mean, the podcast is great because it's like a great way to meet people on, you know, you're giving them exposure. Um, so you're reaching out to them for the opportunity and then, that I found, you know, then it could be a great way to get on their podcast, kind of similar to what we're doing, like mm-hmm. we're doing a podcast swap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find that that's usually the first step. Um, I think if you've launched a program a few times and you have stats, so you can say, okay, well, this is how much on average people earn per click who have mailed for me in the past. Mm-hmm. So if you run a program a few times and you know your numbers, you can share that with people and that's usually pretty um, encouraging for them to sign up if they feel like it's a fit for their audience. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, I, I know that a lot of people do use like, you know, paid advertising Facebook ads and they found a lot of success uh, using Facebook ads. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've run Facebook ads consistently since 2015 okay. and Um, they're definitely, I mean, it's becoming more expensive, but you just kind of need to know your numbers. So if you know, okay, it costs me X amount to acquire a customer. So say if it, you know, ends up costing you, I don't know, $500 to acquire a customer. If your product is $3,000, it's totally okay. Cause you're, you know, exactly. Yeah. 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 You so you just have to, yeah. I mean, it, it, I guess it completely depends on what you're doing. Like if you're selling a low, a lower price product, yes. then you have to kind of weigh and figure out, okay, is it working or is it not? But, um, for the people that have the funds to do advertising, I have heard Facebook ads are, are good. And do you also do like the Instagram ads as well? Um, we do sometimes push it onto Instagram, but to be honest, um, we found, we find we get a better return on investment with Facebook ads. Hmm. So we, yeah, we usually just do Facebook. Just focus on point. Facebook. Yeah. So what, what, what piece of advice would you give people that who want to say, um, you know, monetize their content or want to, you know, build, build something and, and sell it? Cause I know that's, mm. that's something that for you that you can, you know, that's what you talk a lot about in your, in your courses. So what, what would you tell somebody who, who's trying to figure out how to make some money, you know, as a blogger. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I think you're in an excellent position. So I've worked with bloggers, YouTubers, um, like Instagrammers in the past who've had a following that they may be making a little bit for maybe, you know, sponsored posts, um, or, you know, views on their YouTube. Um, you are, because you have a following, like you're in a very powerful position to create something and sell it to them. Like you already have an audience and Mm -hmm. that's, that's probably like the first step that people, like if you create something, you need someone to buy it. So you've got the first part of the equation already done. So give yourself a pat on the back for that. And that's usually the, yeah. And that's usually the hardest. Yes. Yes. For for most, (laughs) that's the hardest is getting the audience. It totally, Mm -hmm. to be honest, like the people who I've worked with who have been, you know, bloggers, YouTubers, or they've had an Instagram following, like all of them have gone on to create something and they've been really successful with it because they've 
the, the product creation part, I don't want to say that it's quote unquote easy, but if you go to your audience, you know, step number one, you can go to your audience and you could ask them like, and say, Hey, you know, I'm thinking of creating a short course or, you know, uh, I wouldn't probably create an ebook. Well, I mean, you could create an ebook or kind of like a digital, like mm-hmm. downloadable product. You can ask them specifically, like, what are you looking for? Like mm-hmm. what, you know, what would you pay me for? Um, is it, you know, a monthly membership where people get, you know, more content, um, more contacts from you and people pay, you know, a, a small fee per month to be in this, this community with you. And so I would say like, that's the first, that's the first step I would take is like literally ask your audience. Cause you already have an audience, ask them what they're interested in that way you know, you're basically ensuring that when you release something, people are going to be interested and they're going to be purchasing and you're not going to be hearing crickets. Yeah, I I think it's tough, you know, I mean, for a lot of people to figure out like, okay, like, what can I sell? Who am I going to sell it to? I know it's like one of the things that I had um, Tim Schmoyer on the show and he's kind of like a YouTube guru person. Like he, he teaches people about you know, YouTube and starting a channel. And he said that for him, uh, he believed that one of the best ways to make money as a YouTuber and influencer is by creating something and selling your own product. Uh, But I think for a lot of people, especially, you know, because a lot of my audience, they're fashion, they're beauty. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. what, what do I sell? Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. What, you know, Mm -hmm. what am I going to sell them? And I think that's kind of, that's the, that's what I hear from people. Like, you know, what, what, what do you think people would, would want? And uh, I think, I mean, yeah, and I would love to get your your feedback on that. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, let's kind of break down like the different products. So, you know, number one, you could become an affiliate. Um, And I I know like this is kind of what a lot of influencers, they're probably most familiar with this. So it's, you know, getting a percentage if you sell somebody else's products um, on your site. So being an affiliate for maybe a makeup brand or or something like that. you know, if you joined a network marketing company that have, you know, makeup, skincare, essential oils, um, that's another way that you could monetize your following. Um, you could create your own products and it could be, you know, a physical product. If you, you know, down the track wanted to create your own, I don't know what it could be. Um, yeah. And I think, I think like the idea of affiliates and even doing a network marketing thing is, uh, in my experience in working with people, it seems to be the most, uh, I don't want to say like easiest, but it's the one that people can really wrap their heads around versus like creating a whole new product. Like what am I yeah. going to create? You know, cause that takes, you know, if you're going to create an actual physical product, like that takes, uh, totally. inventory that takes some funds that takes a whole bunch, you know, that takes a lot. And there's a lot of people mm-hmm. out there that do that and they are really successful. Like they, they happen to, you know, they happen to have the means to be able to create an actual physical product, whether, whether it's some kind of like makeup thing or, you know, I know a lot of girls end up doing eyelashes and I think yeah. it's because it's it's inexpensive to be able to to create eyelashes and and all that, but you know there's just different things that a lot of the people they they'll try to do. But I think for other people it's, it's hard to wrap their heads around like, well, mm. what am I going to physically sell? I'm going to have to have inventory, invest all this money. So I think the idea of like affiliates or even like an MLM is it's an easier thing for people to even get their feet wet on yeah. on uh, selling something per se. Totally. And look, you can start off doing something like that and then you could move into, you know, maybe it's creating, yeah, your own makeup line down Mm -hmm. the track. 
or um, creating digital products. So maybe, you know, if you're a fashion stylist, um, I know, uh, like, I know that there's kind of online fashion styling courses that you can take. Um, I know that, I forget what the the business is called, but it's basically, um, they send you like a capsule wardrobe every season. So Mm -hmm. it's like a subscription um, program. Yeah. And she started off, um, I've forgotten her name, but she was basically a blogger. Um, and that's how she got it. She got started. Um, if people like really love your content that like what you're putting out there for free, having a monthly membership where it's say, I don't know, $10 a month, $20 a month, and they get, you know, inside access. So if Mm -hmm. you think of say like the Kardashians, how they have the app. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not saying like you have to film necessarily like all these professional videos and like have it in an app. You can just have a, like it's a private Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that there is a, a, a YouTuber makeup artist, um, Tamana dress your face and she does something similar where she has, she charges like a monthly fee and she does really nice makeup tutorials that, um, in a studio and they look really good and they're longer. They're like, you know, an hour. They're kind of basically like makeup classes and stuff. And she Mm. charges that. And then I know she partners with brands where like, okay, if you sign up for this, then you get this like special, all these like free products that they send you. So she, she has a a business. I don't know if she's still doing it. I haven't looked into it recently, but I know she's doing that. But I think that that can, that can work or that cannot work. It's just, there's so much free content out there already. Like tons and thousands of amazing makeup videos. That's like, okay, like, uh, you know, why would someone sign up? And you Mm -hmm. have to really make it very, very uh, appealing for someone to really, um, to want to, to want to pay like a Patreon or something like every month. Mm, Yeah. And I think that's where it comes down to like your personality as well. So you don't want to be, okay, it's just, you know, a makeup video on, I don't know how to do smoky eyes or whatever it is. It's, um, like they're signing up to the membership because they want to be closer to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, aside from just, you know, the tutorials, like, can you share, you know, personal insights about your life? Can like, they, it needs to be more, like you said, than just content because there is so much great content out there already. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And I, like you said, it's like, it has to be about you and, and the people that are really like going to pay, they're going to be the ones that like want to know more about you. They're the ones that are really connected to you and what you do. And which is why I say, I mean, that's not really the topic of this episode, but I, I mean, my big thing is like, you know, really connecting with your why and your mission statement and, and becoming very creating that as a backbone to your channel, even though you're talking about makeup and fashion, you still have to have that as kind of like a running, just running throughout your content, like your why and all that, because that's what people are really going to connect with. That's why someone's going to watch your video over somebody else's because they connect with you as a person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree more. So, but I do, I, I, I mean, I like the, and it's something that I'm experimenting, experimenting more with too, is the idea of an ML, MLM. And cause I see a lot of influencers, you know, they'll connect with, like you said, skincare brands, they'll connect with, um, you know, different, you know, even fashion brands that are MLMs. And I think they get kind of a bad rap, but I think, you know, there's good companies out there that provide, you know, business opportunities for people. And, and, you know, it's, I think it's shifted. Like if you're an influencer Mm -hmm. versus like being like, okay, now I'm going to like 
hound my friends and family to buy this stuff. It's, yeah. it's a little different when you're an influencer because when you're an influencer, you're already pushing product. You're pre- With an affiliate, totally. you're pushing somebody else's product. Whereas if you join an MLM, you're kind of getting more, you're getting more, uh, I think you're getting a little bit, making a little bit more than just like an affiliate. So it's something exactly. that I'm thinking about even experimenting with, with, you know, with a group of people myself that are influencers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I was reading an article the other day and it was saying how the companies of the future, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them are going to be MLMs because we're kind of moving towards like just collaboration as opposed to competition. And in terms of a business model, like people who create these businesses and they are MLM, like if it works, it works really well. <laughs> so it does. And, and let me, yeah. let me, um, put a pause on that. And just for people that are listening an MLM is a, a multi-level, what's it, what's it stand for? Multi-level, multi-level marketing, marketing. And it's basically, it's kind of like, you know, like, like an Avon or, you know, doTERRA oils or living oils or, or some other big companies like it, it, it basically, and Mary Kay, um, those are kind of like old school ones where, you know, you, you sell the product and then you can even create a team and sign people up and they sell it and all that. So that's what an MLM is. Yeah. Uh, but what, so what you, what were you saying that, oh, that's kind of like the business of the future. Yeah. That, um, I was reading an article and they were saying basically there's going to be more and more, um, MLMs in the future and that it's going to, yeah, kind of be, it's going to become more and more common. And I guess, um, you know, I, when I think, I, when I used to think of an MLM, I used to think of something like Amway and how mm-hmm. like kind of tacky and I don't know, like yeah. just uncool it was, yeah. but they're saying how, you know, companies, um, you know, like, like doTERRA and other ones who are making kind of fun and young and bringing in, um, you know, younger people into it, it's kind of changing the landscape and it's just going to become more and more popular. Yeah. And I think what they're doing is that they're, they're incorporating social media into it because ultimately like what's the difference between like, say a a YouTuber or an Instagrammer, you know, doing, uh, promoting some kind of a product, right? There's so many of these products out there. There's sunglasses, teas, all that stuff. And they're given an affiliate code versus say promoting a different product and giving, you know, a link to your own site where, where you can, you know, where you're making a little bit more uh, of a, of a commission. Like ultimately exactly. the difference yeah. isn't that much. And so I do, no. see, I, I, I agree. And I think that would be an interesting article to link. If you find it, I can put it in the show mm. notes. Um, and you know, and, and how it, it, it's not that different and that ultimately the people, like you said, if, if you do an MLL, MLM company, right, it works really well for people. I mean, people could do really well and make a lot of money from it without exactly. it being sleazy, yeah. without it being cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I'll, I'll share the article and, um, and give it to you. I think it, it would be useful for a lot of people to look at just if you, cause for so long, I mean, when I actually, I, 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 I never thought that I would be doing an MLM. Yeah. It was like something so far from my mind. Um, but then after kind of researching the company and seeing what they stand for and seeing the compensation plan, I was like, wow, like this, this would totally be a fit for a lot of my community who can't afford my larger products. It's, you know, a positive product. It's something that I use and believe in. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why, why wouldn't I do it? And the reason I wasn't going to do it was literally because I had this in the back of my mind. I was like, Oh, MLMs are kind of scammy. Yeah. Yeah. Sleazy. And, 
Um, but after kind of looking into it more and more and more, I can see, you know, yes, there are some like that, but I mean, it's like any industry, right? You know, it's like, it's like the coaching industry. It's really like, you know, the beauty industry as well. Like there's some companies that you resonate with and some that you don't, Mm -hmm. and you just, you know, you just make that distinction from the beginning and you do your research before you join one. Yeah, Um, definitely do your research. I mean, you definitely, I mean, there's some really great companies out there and, but there's also some bad ones. And I think unfortunately the bad ones kind of give the good ones a bad rap, you know, the whole industry of bad rap. So I definitely do do your research. But I mean, it can be, like you said, I mean, you could do really well. I mean, there was a girl in my mastermind program and she, you know, started doing like a skincare MLM and she has a, a background in skincare and makeup and she's just killing it now because she's got a great audience. And, you know, and, you know, she, she wasn't like a ginormous YouTuber, but she had like a nice loyal audience. And when she mm. started doing this, you know, she's, she's doing really well. I mean, this is kind wow. of, this is how she's making her money now. And it's, it's, it's a good opportunity. It's something that I've actually been, it's funny how you brought it up because it's something <laughs> I've been thinking about recently and, um, and, and how as a way for YouTubers and influencers to make, to make money because they're always, you know, I think that we should always be focused on, okay, how are you going to monetize it? Because with YouTube AdSense, there's not enough there with, with AdSense. You don't make anything. And so, mm-hmm. um, and sponsorships are, are great, but, but at the same time, you have to have the numbers. You have to be on the bigger side. So what about all these people that are, you know, what's called micro influencers, the people that are a little bit smaller, they have a really loyal audience, but it's not like that huge audience. Well, you know, something like obviously affiliates is one thing. And, but also like an MLN is, is another thing. So I think that's definitely, that's definitely something for, for people to consider. So, you know, we're, we're wrapping up the interview, but is there any, other kind of piece of advice for, you know, I know you, you know, you talk a lot about, uh, you know, making money online and all that, you know, your courses, is there any other piece of advice or anything else you want to kind of leave with, with the, my audience here? I would say, you know, at the end of the day, you just really need to believe in yourself and what you're doing, because there's going to be days where you, you know, don't feel like creating that video or, you know, you're questioning if you're doing the right thing. And I think if you have your why in the back of your mind at all times and create a vision board, have it on your vision board, you know, pin it on the bathroom bathroom mirror and just, you know, constantly be reminding yourself of, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is, you know, the impact I want to create. That's going to inspire you to keep on going in those moments when you're wondering, gosh, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm mm-hmm. like fiddling around, you know, trying to upload this or, you know, my internet's just crashed and, oh my gosh, this is taking so long. I think, you know, there's so many um, challenges and setbacks when you're an entrepreneur and, you know, you're trying to create your own thing. And it's just really important that you um, stay motivated and you stay inspired. So you you keep on going and you don't give up. I love that. I think that's fabulous. Uh, I'm a big believer in that too, because it's, it's hard, you know, being an online influencer, like, you know, a content creator, blogger. And if you don't have that, why then it's what you'll be done. You'll burn out Yeah. because that why is what's going to fuel you to keep going. And if you don't have that, why then maybe you shouldn't be doing it to begin with. Yeah. You know, maybe you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So I think that's fabulous. So just, you know, where can people find you? I want, I want you guys all listening to go check out her podcast, It Girl Radio. It's an amazing podcast. So definitely check out her podcast, but where else can they find you? 
Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Erica. This is um this has been really fun. So you can find me at jessicanazarali.com. So that's N-A-Z-A-R-A-L-I. Um, and then I'm on Instagram, Jess Nazarali, uh, Facebook, Jessica Nazarali. Just yeah. If you Google my name, there's only one of me. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll come up. <laughs> and I will have in the show notes her links um, and anything that you know she's offering. Uh, you could check out her courses and, and what she's up to and obviously her podcast. And uh, you could go to beautyandtheblog.com forward slash Jess, just J-E-S-S. And um, you know, check out the show notes there. Well, that's it, Jess. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. That's our episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you stayed this long, do me a huge, huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. It helps more than you know, helping other people find the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. Also, make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode. And if you're not a part of the Beauty and the Vlog family on our Facebook group, Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week.